Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to To The Max, episode five. This is our COVID special issue. Um, and today we're going to be doing our episode a little bit differently. We're not going to have our normal segments um, broken up with intro music and outro music. We're just going to kind of have a conversation about what this past year has been like. Um, this week is roughly a year since uh, UMass sent students home for the first coronavirus outbreak that we had and just right when the pandemic was kind of settling in on the world. Um, so me and Schwartz are just going to kind of have a conversation about what that experience has been like for us as two students, two, you know, young people dealing with this pandemic. Um, so Schwartz, what, what did you think of coronavirus when you first heard of it back in March? Yeah, it, it's, it's really crazy to think that it's been a year, um, just because I feel like it's gone by so quickly and also so slow. Um, but when I first heard of coronavirus, I was like, first of all, what is the difference between COVID-19 and coronavirus? Do I have to capitalize it when I talk about it? Like, what, what, <laughs> what is this? Um, and yeah. so, you know, that sort of speaks to, I thought it was kind of a joke. Like, obviously, it wasn't a joke. You were getting sent home and it was a big deal quote, but it didn't it wasn't here it wasn't palpable it was it was one of those things in typical you know western mentality it was happening somewhere else it wasn't happening here yeah and so when we first got sent home i was like oh they're just sort of doing it as a precaution right like yeah. nothing's actually going to come up this i left like half of my stuff in my dorm room i just went about my life as if nothing was really going to change and i honestly don't think it was until like three or four months after because I was rolling on like a good semester it was spring it was getting warm like all of these good things I didn't think it was until about three months after in which I was kind of like wait a second like this is a real thing people are actually dying do you remember where you were like on campus when you heard that we were actually going home oh yeah oh yeah that's it <laughs> so it's funny um, the Boston Globe released like a little a little snippet, a little article about seven days early. I'm pretty sure like they weren't supposed to release it that early. Hmm. Um, and I was sitting in one of my microbiology classes and it was a lecture of like 370 kids. And yeah. I remember the teacher sort of putting it on the big screen and I was kind of like, what the hell? Like, what yeah. is going on? And it's it's so bad because it actually made me hate the Boston Globe for about <laughs> like six months. I just wouldn't read anything they produced because wow. I was kind of like, you guys broke the news. Like you yeah. guys made this happen. Right. What was it like for you? Yeah, I definitely remember the time that I heard for real that we were going home. I think I was sitting in a class in the ILC um, when it kind of became like real to me. And I remember walking through the ILC that day, it was like packed with people. And that was like the first time I really felt that anxiety and like worry about being so close to tons of other people. Um, and at the time, like no one even knew that wearing masks was a good idea to prevent the spread. And like people thought it was all like doorknobs and whatnot, which is seems ridiculous looking back. But I mean, that was kind of just a weird thing mm -hmm. to look back on just because it's I don't know. So 
it, it's so weird because that's like such a normal part of our life now is like avoiding crowded indoor spaces. And that was kind of the first time I really felt that. Was there a point when you went home and you realized that we weren't coming back and that this was going to be, we're going to be in this for the long haul? Yeah, that's a great question. When I was leaving for the first time, the only thing I left in my dorm room was a 25 pound dumbbell because I was kind of like, whatever, like I can't even fit this in my car. It's going to roll around in my <laughs> trunk and I might be coming back to get it anyways. Yeah. And when I left, I was kind of like, okay, I'll come back to this. It'll be fine. I said goodbye to my sweet mates who, or my like floor mates who left before me and we were kind of like, okay, we'll see each other in two weeks. And if we don't, I'll come and visit. And slowly we started to realize you know maybe we're not coming back in two weeks maybe it'll be four weeks and then at a certain point it was kind of like you know what it'll be a month and then next semester and then spring 2021 and it just flew by i can't say there was a moment where i was like oh i'm definitely not coming back yeah but there were there was a culmination of like events a culmination of like I, I'm in and, and you were in New Jersey. Yeah. So like I was in Southern Connecticut close to like New York and like New Rochelle where that whole big outbreak right. was. And I was kind of like, okay, this is serious. Was was there like a point for you where you're kind of like, okay, you know what? We're not going back. Yeah, I don't know if it was same here. Like, I don't know if it was like a real like one point type of thing. I think it was just kind of a gradual realization of how serious this was. Um, and like, I still remember the early days of the pandemic where like, you know, washing down my groceries with my parents and whatnot, like when it was first happening. And just, I don't know, I think that was really the scariest part of the pandemic was because we just didn't know anything about how any of it spread or what the future was going to be like when it was just kind of setting in that this was going to be a thing for a while. Whereas now, now that we've been you know, we're we're almost finishing up like a full year of school remotely in a pandemic. And now it's just a completely different experience. It feels like a lifetime has passed since then. I don't know. Do you want to talk a little bit about what this school year has been like? Yeah. And just to touch on that last point, yeah, it, yeah. It, it does feel like a, a new lifetime, but it also doesn't feel like a lifetime we've experienced. Like it's so distant from a year ago, but it's also so distant from a year in the future, right? Like right. I don't think that there's going to be a time like we're experiencing now hopefully again in our lifetimes yeah um it's this really strange grace period of like it only goes up from here but there's still what we're still looking at thousands of americans dying every day we're at like half a million americans dead millions dead worldwide like it's it's not it's not minor but yeah to answer your question as far as this school year has gone you know i'll take a take a little hot take before our hot take it hasn't been that bad i mean it sucks. I'm paying out-of-state tuition to get an online education. I mean, that alone is just, am I like paying some out-of-state fee for Zoom? Like it, that doesn't make any sense. But my actual course load and my ability to do well, I, I'm really fortunate to have been in, and you too, in journalism and comm fields yeah. because it doesn't require me to be in person. It obviously would be nicer, but a lot of my education is not dependent on my like palpable sense of like sitting in a chair in a classroom as it might be for someone who's in STEM. But that's just my take. What has it been like for you? 
No, I, I definitely agree. And I also feel like it's something I've, I didn't think I would ever get used to, but I have. I think that especially for us, because um, we're both journalism majors, and I think that for both of us, like journalism has really taken on like a new meaning mm-hmm. during the pandemic. I think before the pandemic, honestly, there was really journalism had just like it left a bad taste in people's mouth. And I think that there was mm-hmm. um, a much different view on it. And I think now the pandemic has kind of made it more clear to me, at least how necessary journalism really is because i mean there was at many points during the pandemic people just needed straightforward clearly communicated information that was you know there was scientific research that was being done on the fly that needed to be reported on within a day so people could know if they could go to the supermarket and it was stuff like that that was really it made me, you know, have a different opinion on journalism and kind of realize how important it was. Yeah. And especially with, I mean, we have to remember that the first half for most of this pandemic, we still had a president who was lying on Twitter and lying in meetings. And there was a lot of um, mis and disinformation in, you know, like the Trump presidency. And so the only people who we really trusted to sort of purvey the truth were, Dr. Anthony Fauci and journalists. Um, And there's been so much great journalism that stemmed from this period. There were some great pieces by The Globe about Asian discrimination as a result of COVID in the US and just uh, there was this great, I can't remember if it was the Washington Post or the New York Times, but like a fact checker they did for all of Trump's lies. I mean, journalism has really just like, it's sort of skyrocketed in a sense in that there's so many more lies going around and who else is going to tell the truth, expose those lies. There have been like more whistleblowers than ever there. I mean, all I can say is I don't think that journalism is dying as much as it was before. It's, it's given me a little hope that said it's still incredibly hard. Um, I don't know if I've ever spoken about it on the podcast, but this past winter I was part of this project with, one of my professors and some classmates from a journalism class. And we were basically profiling these people from Western Mass and like the Berkshires. And we were profiling, I mean, I don't know how else to put it, but like their dead family members um, who died to COVID, whether it was like a month before we spoke to them or nine months before. It it was similar to the way that the New York Times did um, the portraits of grief for 9-11 victims. There were these short profiles but it's this heavy work you have to like write about these people who died write about their stories i like i learned about some people who survived all of like nazi occupation in european countries just to get back to the us and get screwed over by a virus that could have been prevented in a lot of ways so it it's terribly sad but it's also an opportunity for journalism to really just thrive right now Yeah, I mean, there's been so much grief and loss during this pandemic. And I think it's weird now that we're in this phase of the pandemic seems like it's crescendoing, like it's nearing the end. And it's weird because I think there were a lot of points during the pandemic where it felt like it would never Mm -hmm. end or we thought that, you know, this was just it's become started to feel so normal with no end in sight. And I think for some of us, we were pushed to our limits. And in some cases, that meant that people acted in really great and amazing ways and reached out and stood up for their community. And other times, not so much. And it pushed pushed people to their limits in the opposite direction. Maybe people did some things that they're not so proud of looking back. 
now that it's starting to end, it's it's really kind of weird to look back on, you know, how we've acted during it. Yeah, and there's just been, again, so much that stemmed from it. I mean, just this rise again of the Black Lives Matter movement. So many social movements, I feel like, have stemmed from this time period. And it's kind of easy to forget that while COVID is here, it doesn't exist on, like, an individual plane in which nothing else happens. Like, the world is still moving. And I think, if anything, it's moving faster and there's more people talking and more people speaking up. We've seen a rise of, like, like a massive rise of TikTok. Right. Which, like, I know that seems irrelevant, but there's been so many great and terrible things to stem from that. Like, terrible in the sense that a influencer got a drink from Dunkin' Donuts named after her. And great <laughs> in the sense that it gave people a sense of community in a time when everyone was sort of online and not in person. And again, so just all of these big things were just sort of happening still while COVID was happening. And it was this, it's this really hard landscape to navigate, to traverse, because there's no playbook for it. There's no like, oh, well, back in my day when I lived through a pandemic, I mean, our parents may have spoken about like the AIDS epidemic, but that again only affected a small percent, like really affected a small percentage of Americans. And there's there's no way to do this. It's almost like parenting for the first time. Like you never know what's right or wrong until you make mistakes. It just sucks that a lot of these mistakes ended up resulting in the deaths of like thousands and thousands of people. All right, we are back with the hot take. Of course, we're here with the hot take because who would I be on this podcast if I didn't have a super hot take? And I think this one is pretty hot, especially as it's getting hotter outside. It just keeps getting hotter. Why are people posting on social media about partying? So sounds dumb. Like, sure. Why are people posting, Max? There's no denying that during any period, whether it's a pandemic, whether there's like a coup, like it does not matter what's going on in the US, people will be doing things because they're self-motivated and that's that, you can't stop them. That said, there has been this great pandemic going on as if no one has heard of it, right? COVID-19, it's basically just a bad cold. It really bothers me because if you are going to party, I would just wish that you wouldn't post it on social media. And I know that sounds sort of like, well, Max, are you condoning partying? Absolutely not. I'd hate it. I mean, like, I, I don't understand what gets into the heads of people who went to any of those house parties, even the people who got sent to like quarantine dorms and were partying within them. Like, it just makes no sense to me. But if you're gonna do it, don't post it on your social media. It's, I mean, to begin with, it's incriminating, right? Like you were literally posting yourself and now all eyes are on you it's not like everyone's posting videos of themselves partying like it's just you so everyone's paying attention to it and there's this heightened sense whether it was because of the black lives matter movement or just because of like covid there's this heightened sense of like social responsibility to call people out and to sort of have people take responsibility for their actions and now that there's actual like legal and sort of school troubles you can get into by partying people want to report it my one take really is if you're gonna do bad things don't tell people you're doing it it's like when serial killers get really cocky and they start like leaving behind clues it's like if you're gonna go and do something really terrible why are you like letting up 
there's no point in that if if you're like that's like it's like stealing from a store and then like the moment you leave the store like putting on the clothing that you just stole like right in front of everybody so they can see you it's like why are you doing that it makes well, no sense and you're just hurting yourself i think it says something about like what partying really is to a lot of college students because before the pandemic people would go out and party and half of the fun of it i feel like for a lot of people was getting the pictures of you like looking like hot at the party and like yeah. posting on your snap story of you in like a crowded frat i'm not saying this is what i enjoyed about doing that sort of thing but yeah, this is, is, a it, is that what you like about partying oh man you know me i love a good instagram <laughs> post um no but i i just like and i think that like for a lot of people it's like if they're going to go out and like to do a party like during covid to do a party you know um i'm hip um but now they <laughs> to do a party yeah then i think they still feel the need to post on it because it's like that's still half the fun for them and it yeah. does just look at you look ridiculous honestly if you're still posting about that at this point I yeah don't know. i mean you you bring up a great point like there is a sense of like oh if you're going to like photos or it didn't happen sort right. of like and i i would get that if people weren't dying every day to some random virus and of course there's the excuse well people are gonna die anyways like i'm, I'm not hurting anyone by partying no newsflash uh, you are <laughs> definitely are <laughs> i mean you don't realize yeah. it because i think a lot of us think that we're doing a lot to protect other people because we have our own definitions of what's safe and right. you know we, our own like we compare ourselves to other people who are doing worse and we're like okay we're being safe and if we judge what's safe off of what bad people are doing wrong that's not a good metric right that's like i'm gonna make i'm terrible at analogies everyone in my family knows i'm terrible <laughs> at analogies so bear with me but that's like you're talking to another killer and he's like oh he killed five people i only killed like two people right. like that's not as bad like no 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 you shouldn't kill anybody yeah. right like mm -hmm. maybe we'll cut that who knows that was a terrible analogy but you get the point <laughs> like comparing yourself to what other people are doing wrong is not the way to tell that you're doing right i fully agree with you but there is something that's kind of sad about the pandemic in general where it's like going out and socializing and talking and meeting with people has become one of the worst sins you could make these mm -hmm. days which I totally understand. I respect that. I'm not trying to argue that at all. I'm not a COVID denier. But I will say that that is such a sad part of the pandemic that we've just kind of, a lot of us have just kind of accepted as just like a truth these days. There will come a time where the pandemic is over and people are allowed to meet people and, you know, socialize and be with friends and family and, you know, and I mean, to me, before the pandemic, that's like one of the great joys of life, you know? It's crazy that right now, myself included, I've, I have such a demonized view of doing that. And it's crazy to think that at some point when everyone is vaccinated, we will return to a time where that can once again, just be a good thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's wild to think about that. I'd like if anyone who is listening, if they would just go into their phone and look at like videos or pictures of themselves in crowds from like a year or before it is such a weird thing to do i was looking at myself and a video i saw from like probably a year and a half ago 
um, when I was in Europe and I was seeing all of these people just gathered around in a park meshed together. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> why are all these people together? Like, where are their masks? And it took a second for me to realize, like, there were 19, 18 years of my life that I lived before I knew what a pandemic was, right. before I needed to know whether I need to write COVID-19 or coronavirus, whether right. I needed to sanitize before I get into my car and after I go to the grocery store. And now our, our minds have just been conditioned to think that like, this is normal, right? Yeah. Like uh, now it seems kind of normal that there's a girl in my hall that kicks the elevator buttons instead of pushing them with her finger because she's afraid. <laughs> like all of that feels a bit more normal. And is then that there's going to be a time when I walk back in my elevator and I see footprints on the buttons and i'm kind of like you can't be doing that anymore that's not normal that's impressive she, she presses like time. the floor number with her feet yeah like, she's not good just... with it she'll wow. like get up there i mean no one can see me because this is a podcast but she'll just like kick it and i'm like girl what are you doing i said yeah. something the other day and i think she heard me with the door closed before that's and good i was like okay i mean you do your thing girl but when this is over we're right gonna here. have a word well, shouts out to her. She's a hero of the pandemic. We got to recognize them. Um, Our frontline workers. Yeah, give her vaccine priority. <laughs> Anyways, thank you everyone for listening to our COVID special issue. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed and make sure to check out uh, all the other Daily Collegian COVID special issue content we have on the website. And yeah, hopefully by this time next year, we won't be doing a second annual uh, COVID special issue and hopefully oh we can just God. forget the Don't pandemic even. but <laughs> uh, yeah I hope so it's been real everybody yeah uh, thank you guys for tuning in as always and we hope you enjoy and stay safe <laughs> <laughs>